0: reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome to Front Office Features. Our show is presented by... The San Diego State Sports MBA program, our wonderful new partner. Um, you still got plenty of time to apply. You just got to start your application by November 1st uh, with classes starting in San Diego uh, in January. Gorgeous place to start classes in San Diego. Um, Visit SDSU.edu/smba. Uh, it is our weekly show. I'm here with Chris Valente. Chris, uh, in January, uh, is there any place you'd rather be than San Diego?
1: No, absolutely not. I mean, the, so the, the great—you shared a great story. One of your mentees, mentees I think that's the right word—is uh, already applying, and so. Yeah, she- yeah,
0: the, so I'm a part of the uh, – minor league baseball has like a mentee mentor program um, with people of diverse backgrounds. And um, my mentee, her name's Ish, and she was like, I didn't even know um, San Diego State had a sports NBA program. I'm going to apply. I was like, that's how advertising works. It At works. That's how it works for everybody. Hey, um, I also have uh, big news in regards to uh, San Diego State. You know how we've talked about here uh, Jackie Tipton?
1: Yes, little Jackie Tipton.
0: <laughs> I've called him little Jackie Tipton a hundred times. Um, I asked him to be on the podcast, and he's going to be on the uh, – he accepted. He's going to be on the show.
1: That is breaking news.
0: Breaking news. We should uh, insert a little beep, 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 beep noise, and uh, he's going to be uh, not – next week but the week after um and i would say even you want a super tease is you've actually already seen this so it's not a tease to you chris um my mom uh i told my mom about this and she instantly went back to the photo archives of us in like way back way Way back. back way back fifth or sixth grade uh, I am 37 years old, so what is that, Chris, 92-ish? roundish, yeah. And the funny thing is he works, at, uh, Jackie Tipton, Jack Tipton works for the Pittsburgh Penguins, and uh, the picture was at uh, an ice skating party I held, and uh, we're all wearing our starter uh, pullover winter coats uh, outside. Um, I'm wearing a Penguins one. He's not. Uh, but we all, it's from 1992 or 1993-ish uh, era, and um, was there anything I've got better, to post
1: that picture, by the way. Was there anything better than the starter jackets back I don't then? think so. I don't think so. Like you, like, and everyone wanted the San Jose Sharks one when they first, like, launched, that, remember? That,
0: that and the uh, Charlotte Hornets.
1: Yeah. It was, they like, lo- bizarre. No one had no one had any affinity to those jeans, but you wanted <laughs> no those jackets.
0: Growing up in uh, Pittsburgh and Boston, no one had Penguins or Bruins ones. They all wanted uh, San Jose Sharks and uh, Charlotte Hornets, mainly because I think teal and purple were big in the 90s, oh. and they crushed teal and purple. So uh, Florida Marlins, real good colors back then. Marlins, yeah. Gr- mm. Great 90s colors. Better better colors than organization, I guess. Hmm. Yeah, right? They, uh, they're struggling, <laughs> but... Uh, Hopefully Jeter can um, can turn that thing around there, but you, so you got to love this. So This whole thing started talking about Jack Tipton, and now we have our great partners in San Diego State. Uh, Jack went to San Diego State; and he got his uh, sports MBA. Uh, I've got a mentee; she wants to apply at San Diego State. Um, all our listeners should apply to San Diego State. We should charge
1: more for the sponsorship if they get someone to enroll.
0: I uh, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you know, if it, if it works, you got to double the price. Oh, that's funny. That's funny. Anyway, um, so it was.
1: That's
0: uh, just. Uh, it's just such a. It's such a small. small such world. a small
1: world. The sports world is so small. I mean, it's ridiculous of how interconnected this has all become after a month. It's. It's. It's silly. It's silly. Um,
0: the speaking of small world, this our interview this week was Kurt Hunziger, um, and he is uh, the president of the XFL's uh st louis battle hawks uh, when we interviewed i think we did in like july and he had no earthly idea um what the team name was and uh they said they just like kept this under lock and key it's like he got hired as president of the damn team and it was like hey what's the team name and he's like they're like nope can't tell you so like he found out just like everybody else did
1: so well actually let's finish a small world story so zach corman hi zach hope you're listening uh, who was my sales associate last year with FSM? Texted me and says, "Can't wait to listen to the Kurt podcast." I worked with him at Meyer League Baseball. Ha! So I'm like, my to do list is to listeners to on the way home. I mean, it's just it's silly how. And he's at the New York Jets now. Uh, he went in there thinking he would be the saving grace for that franchise, and then Sam Darnold gets mono.
0: <laughs> does he, he? He doesn't
1: have mono, does he? No, I don't. We I asked him that because before. Zach got, a, Zach got a video from Sam Darnold at the Masters because one of our uh, executives was down there and saw Sam who recorded a video for Zach and sent it to him that night. And all it said was, hey, Zach, don't fuck it up. And that was from, <laughs> Sam, that was from <laughs> Sam Darnold. It's a great way to start your career.
0: That's great. That's really funny. That's really funny. Um, so, so what Kurt- were we talking about?
1: What were we talking about? Oh XFL, that's right. Never
0: XFL, mind. Uh, Kurt Small World. Didn't know the name. Uh, didn't know the team. Didn't name. know. Didn't know the team name. Uh, how, and how I got that interview, I just um, I saw like on LinkedIn it was like Kurt Huntinger took a new job as the president of an XFL team in St. Louis. I was like, huh, I'm gonna call him see if he wants to go on the podcast. And he absolutely did. He was. No uh, one
1: says no to this podcast,
0: Rob. I haven't had anyone say no yet. Um, so it's it was great to talk with Kurt because Kurt. Was one of these guys who came into minor league baseball, and when I say minor league baseball, the entity of minor league baseball, and he was all about research and development. He was at Rawlings for a while, um, working uh, in their marketing and uh, strategy, I guess, department. And he was all about data. He was all about data. It's like we got to go figure out how we can help these teams, um, uh, you know, uh, leverage this data, and uh, this is what we're gonna do. And um, I remember. He comes up to me at like a promo seminar in uh, greensboro or greenville uh, battle Creek s- maybe no it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't battle creek and uh uh he goes uh i need you, I, I i we're doing this thing it's called um Copa La diversion and it's an authentic way to reach out to hispanic fans and let me tell you about the data uh in Rhode Island and the group of people that you're missing and it was staunch it was like holy cow there's all these people around we had no idea that we were missing them they say basically they say we love baseball we love minor league baseball um we live in your market we have a whole bunch of money to spend and we don't go to uh mccoy stadium and it's like well i think we should figure that out
1: yeah, that that'd be a good way to increase your sales without having to do much more than just reaching out to the people that want to actually come to the games. <laughs> it was great. It was uh, it's a novel so, idea, <laughs>
0: right? It was uh, you know, it's
1: like but this, it's about data, right? It's it's key. It's key. Like it's, little information is dangerous, but having the right information can completely change your strategy and make you successful with just making a small tweak.
0: Right, and uh, he was uh, he, and he, he he presented it well. And uh, it turned out, uh, it turned out pretty good. The only thing that stinks, uh, we do it every Tuesday night, uh, where we do, uh, 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 where we change our team name and all this good stuff. Feel like for the last two years, it has rained every Tuesday night. That's probably because. You know what? I don't have an answer for that. Yeah, there's no, there's no real answer for that. But anyway, it was all about the presenting of the data. Um, it was all how he did it, and uh, he seems to make all of his decisions really based on the information. And I thought he was good, and I knew he would be, um, you know, data focused when we talked. But I thought it was good because I've seen a, a lot of sport management programs now include business analytics, data analytics uh into their curriculum and i think it is extremely smart to do so uh because you got to be able to talk the language uh when you go out and talk to um uh talk to people like us on saying like this is what we need to do because the other thing they told me too is like he was kind of doing this copa thing on the side and an intern comes up to him and was like hey look at this information man like we've got to go do something we've got to go quick more quickly than we thought we were going to go and um I just thought that uh, uh, being able to speak that language as an intern to a vice president of of minor league baseball uh, was was really profound, and I think the more people know about analytics, um, the better. It only can help you uh, in your career.
1: Yeah, no, I I think to that point for someone younger in their career trying to figure out when they come to us and say, I want to work in marketing, I think getting a better understanding of what that actually means nowadays. I mean, it's funny. Analytics probably started more on the field with the adoption of Moneyball and has extremely started to, to to translate into the front offices. So the days of just, like, putting your finger in the air and saying, what should we make ticket prices or what days are the best or what type of promotions are we going to do this year have completely changed based upon the data that people have been collecting. I mean, the NBA was probably at the forefront of this, right, with Timbo. Yeah, right. Where, where they got all their teams – to share data with each other because they realized, look, we're not competing off the court and they could access a central system and look at like, what did the Charlotte Hornets do on this Thursday night to have a sellout that I could replicate here in Portland. And as that continued to grow, other leagues started to realize, well, we have all this data that we've never done anything with to make more informed decisions of how we're going to uh, put together all of our marketing plans or ticket prices, etc. And it's become so much more scientific as it continues to evolve than just saying, like, oh, yeah, I know sports marketing. I want to work in sports marketing. If you aren't able to analyze data and don't enjoy looking at spreadsheets and being able to take in as much information to then make an informed decision and back it up to the powers that be, then you probably don't want to be in marketing.
0: Right. and. You weren't always in sales. You uh, were in on the other side of the table with DraftKings, and I felt, I, I would assume, DraftKings was very uh, heavy on uh, data analytics and being able to reach the target market. I mean, hell, there was a time there where you couldn't turn on the TV and turn on a DraftKings commercial. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> so can you take us kind of, you know, in the... DraftKings office back in those days of, uh, you know, what you guys were looking at and how you guys made some of your decisions?
1: Uh, so let me take you to the craziest time of my life and no. also probably one of the most fun. So uh, to your point, I'd, I'd, never, I'd always been on the team side. I'd never been on the brand side and DraftKings was a rocket ship right back in 2015. You couldn't look anywhere without hearing this new fad that was coming, Daily Fantasy, and their, and their, their headquarters is here in Boston and I got to know those guys pretty well. It was still pretty much a startup at the time and got an opportunity to come on over and, and, and start working with them on their on their marketing front. But at the, the amount of data analytics that we would go through on every dollar that we spent to track what worked and what didn't work was fascinating to me. I'd never seen so much analytics done on marketing, So it, it was eye-opening. So what we would do is if we ran a, a commercial spot at, say, 1255 right before NFL kickoff on Sunday, the, the whole analyst group would determine how much traffic went up for us, the Google Analytics, the Google Search, and determine whether or not that was even worth the money we spent. And as we continued to collect that data over the years, we would know exactly where to spend our money and what the best return would be.
0: How long was DraftKings a thing until we started seeing... I didn't even know about them until uh, 2015 when every other commercial was DraftKings. Um, do you know what the ramp-up time, the lead-up time uh, to their peak in 2015? Not to say that they've peaked, but uh, when we saw them for the really the first time in 2015?
1: A little under two years. It was like meteoric, right? So like they went from it was like them and FanDuel and a couple other like small things that were out there. And it was ended up being the battle between DraftKings and FanDuel for supremacy in that 2015 NFL season. I could write a, we could do a pod, like I said, we could do a podcast on this for probably the next two years. Yeah, just talking right. about what those stories, but um, the data that we collected on each user and what games they liked and where they spent their money and what, what offers did they re- respond to? It was just one big source of data. And, if you think about it, there's there's now a, a statistic that says the most valuable entity in the world, commodity in the world, is no longer oil; it's data. It's incredible Be- because all these organizations know so much about. This. I mean, everyone knows about the Google, the Facebook, etc., whatever. But sports teams are doing the exact same thing. So, from a from a young person's perspective, when you start talking about marketing and sales, and being on even on the brand side, you better have the skill set to analyze data and be able to interpret it and then make an informed decision with it. I, I'm a big proponent. Let me say this. I, I love data. I don't think it's a smart way to do business to only make decisions based on data. I think you have to use some common sense and some creativity with the data helping you make that decision.
0: Yeah, I think it's kind of like a good baseball manager. Uh, they, take so, they take the analytics and they take kind of how they feel And how does that guy have a cold today? Did that guy just have a fight with his wife? And you're just kind of using the human aspect plus the data combining together to make the best decision. Um, When we talk about data, some of the things maybe I'm just naive about this um, is it just seems like this big, vast word. What were some of the data points that you used at DraftKings uh, that helped you make some informed decisions?
1: Uh, I think again, it was more about just seeing the, every dollar we spent and what the return was, specifically on the media side. So, if we ran a podcast ad with Front Office Features, hey DraftKings, you are more than welcome to yeah, uh, come on board. This. maybe I'll You're, maybe I'll give them a call. Maybe I'll give my own colleagues a call. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> what the hell? Why haven't you already? Actually, that's a good point. <laughs> um, so, say for instance, we did a did a promo code within Front Office Features. And we would be able to track how many users signed up and then how much was deposited and what that return on investment was. And as we continued to go down that road, I mean, we, I mean, okay, we were literally in every single podcast that had to do with sports. We were on every single regional network in the country. We were on every NFL show, every ESPN show. My day consisted of talking to the producers, Matt Berry, Rob Gronkowski, whoever was affiliated with DraftKings trying to promote our business and then all it was was about driving acquisition, right? We were in highly, highly acquisition mode. It was a big land grab. It was us first FanDuel and I'll give some people behind the scenes here. So the strategy going into 2015 NFL season was whoever was going to come out of that ahead would probably be the lead dog and absorb the other one because when you're going for VC money, eventually the VC is only going to back the people in the front. And at the time... DraftKings was trailing FanDuel, but had made the the strategic decision to go after Major League Baseball. So we signed a massive partnership with Major League Baseball back then, which now actually expires in 2020, ironically enough. So we put the brand out there. We were acquiring users. We were staying top of mind knowing as we went into NFL season, we would have all this user data that we could then translate into acquiring football people and, and, and cross them over. So when we started to run the ads, people would know who DraftKings was. Lo and behold, both of us spent hundreds of millions of dollars in a, probably a six-week span of every advertisement you could run. Within that, we we ended up pulling as fast FanDuel. We had higher acquisition. We collected all this data that we saw, okay, this is what works, this is what doesn't work, so we can scale back as we move forward. And as everybody knows, the the shit hit the fan. Yeah. <laughs> Scandals broke. New York Times is running with stories completely and i'm not going to use the term but it was media driven scandal that actually wasn't even the real scandal i could have probably told you about some other scandals that were really <laughs> happening but the That'll one be that, podcast number two the it's one that, a, a tease in the business right yeah a tease the one that brought down the industry per se and caused all the regulations wasn't even real because of not to get everyone into the weeds and the details but was eventually exonerated by the fbi which was crazy. Again, I this was the craziest time of my life. I had never been involved in anything like this, but it was also exhilarating because it was, it was so cool. But um, obviously, DraftKings and FanDuel have both come out of this thanks to sports betting. The whole funny part and irony of this was we were arguing for years, hey, we're not gambling. <laughs> now yeah, now it doesn't even matter. It doesn't even matter. And we always said that. I was like, who, who gives a shit? Like, people right. are gambling every day, all day long. This... The, the government is dumb for not just taking a piece of it. Like, that's just all well, the matter. Like, that's the only thing you had to do at this point was regulate it and take a cut.
0: Yeah. It, it, the, the, we're In my opinion, sports gambling is going down a much more sustainable, sustainable road. And I think uh, it was so intertwined in American culture that it's really just saying, like, hey, all right, the government wants a piece of it now. Uh, and the league so now it's better now
1: the leagues and the teams and all the media are benefited from as well too right so like they're spending millions of dollars again on marketing because it's all about acquiring that user to be on the DraftKings FanDuel MGM William Hill etc it's it was so silly it took this long but the two people that are leading by far right now are DraftKings and FanDuel and I'll tell you why one is technology and two all the data that they collected on daily fantasy users for the last four years, gives them an extremely huge head start on the competition.
0: So, what do you, so when you have that uh, information on the daily fantasy u- users? Are you then plugging into their social feeds? Are you were you then buying ads on yep. uh, Facebook and Twitter and all that good stuff?
1: It's all called retargeting. So we knew if you hadn't played in a while, that we were going to retarget active people who are interested in it to get you back playing. What offers would get you back on the site? we knew again like which sports you were you were into which sports you weren't what how to cross you over because it was always about keeping you actively playing as long as possible on the site and we just had i mean one of probably the probably the second or third largest department at DraftKings is the data analysts who all they do all day is data analyze every single thing that goes on in that building the, the oh. biggest one's probably tech, the the engineers, those guys, the co- that's a whole different floor. We keep them aside. <laughs> and you told me
0: Draftkings has more office space than any company in Boston?
1: No, so they have the single largest one floor in Boston. Wow. so it's it's the largest office for one floor. and then but they've already run out of room. They've opened offices now in Jersey. Nevada, San Francisco, and I believe they have a couple still internationally. Um, But if you go into DraftKings now and you aren't able to speak to data and have any kind of analytics background, you're going to have a really tough time surviving there or even getting your foot in the door.
0: I also think, though, this helps um, students that are coming out of school is – you don't have to be – I mean, basically, they when we were coming out, it was basically it's like, all right, you have to start in sales, and then you can figure it out. It's not that way anymore, and I think places like DraftKings and FanDuel and, heck, the all of the different casinos, they're all looking for these data analysts who are a totally different breed than uh, salespeople or anything like that, uh, but they are still vitally important uh, to the success of – of sports entities, whether it's for the team or whether it is for a brand uh, like DraftKings.
1: No, oh, I, I one thousand percent to your point is the ticket sales avenue is not the only way into the business, and which is why we always tell people, you and I, if you have no interest in sales and someone told you the, the advice is the only way in, you get your foot in the door is to start in ticket sales. It's a crock of shit.
0: It's a total. It's totally wrong advice. I mean, maybe. 15, 20 years ago. 100% fine, it was. But even then maybe, but now it's a total crock. It's like it doesn't, it doesn't have anything to do with it. I don't even – it's like it's, – uh, no, 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 no.
1: Don't do that. But don't take that advice, and I think – I hope college professors stop telling people that because the, what we just talked about for the last 10 minutes with DraftKings and FanDuel and MGM and whatever, that's a whole different avenue. If you want to be in marketing and that's your passion – how is doing a ticket sales job at the Red Sox Sales Academy going to ever get you into marketing? Or would working for DraftKings and FanDuel on the data analyst side put you down the path that you need to be on the marketing side? Which one's better for your resume?
0: Yeah, right. It's not even a question. Is um, is go down the path that you want to go down. Uh, there's a way to do it within sport. Uh, and don't... You know, don't get into ticket sales or anything or don't get into analytics if you want to get into sales right um, get into the things that best suit your personality and and uh, and what you want to do um, with this week was kind of interesting to me um, kind of switching gears here. We're gonna have. I have a feeling your DraftKings stories are gonna be like my Battle Creek stories. They're <laughs> always just gonna kind of bubble to the surface uh,
1: every time we talk. There's. I have no short. It was two and a half years I was there, and I probably could have a story for every day I was there. Not even exaggerating. <laughs> That's great.
0: I was. Uh, I was only in Battle Creek for like a year and a half or a year and three quarters. So um, there's only so much trouble you can get into Battle Creek. But um, I probably
1: actually. You know what though? I probably have probably crazier funnier stories when it comes to the minor leagues my days in the minor leagues because that's just that just opens up a can of worms right yeah i mean you have all nothing but 15 years of it so you must have story you can write a book too but my days in lowell and albany and some of the things that i did or the the stories that came out of it with our staff uh, people ask why i haven't written a book yet but yeah
0: i think it's you said, I don't want to write a book anymore. I want to do a podcast with me so we this can is, talk about these things. Well, it's an it's a audio book. It's an right? audio book. Yeah, right. Just look it up. Um, so one of the things that has blown up this week uh, is this whole NBA in China thing. I'm yeah. not sure you and I are the ones that talk politics uh, about this. I have no ambition to do that. But we kind of know that it started from a tweet yep. and i guess i looked at that thinking putting my front office features hat on is i really kind of wanted to talk with you about like social media etiquette about what you're doing uh on your social media channels um and making sure you're that people are smart wise like before you hit send, it's like you might want to take a half second to think about it. Uh, I think recently there's been so many oh my god instances
1: the, bu- the bush the bush light in Iowa. That's exactly
0: what I was thinking about. Was the bush light guy from uh,
1: from Iowa? Oh a my.
0: said a couple of stupid things back when he was like sixteen. He didn't even six. saying
1: anything. he retweeted Daniel Tosh.
0: Yeah, he retweeted uh, retweet. You're right. He retweeted Daniel Tosh, uh, and. It's like, what is
1: going on? But to think, but go ahead. To, to that point, what is going on is absolutely, and you and I will probably agree on this, is insane about this whole like everyone's out to attack someone if they're trying to do anything and they're just going to look into everyone's past because everyone probably has a glass house when it comes to that. And the irony of that Iowa story was that the writer who busted the kid for the bush light had way worse stuff once people started digging on him. Oh, anyway. Yeah. The moral of the story is listen, you and I obviously were lucky enough not to grow up at sixteen and have social media. Internet was just coming around, but there was no such thing as Twitter or Facebook. Facebook came out when I think you and I were both juniors in college. It was yeah, called I didn't
0: even think I had one till I was out of college.
1: You had to have it was only at a certain colleges and you had to have that. Right, that's student. right, that's right,
0: that's right, that's right. Yeah. You had to have a dot EDU that's I forgot yep. about that.
1: And you could only be friends with friend of your friends at your college. And UMass had it, so uh, I remember having it, but I never used it. I was like, what is this thing? It's the, the Facebook. By the way, it was the Facebook, remember? Yeah. Um, so anyway, we missed the time when we were probably young and 13 and would have probably been doing the same stupid shit. So no. the kids coming into now, into, into the workforce, they probably don't even remember what the hell they were tweeting or retweeting or doing when they were 13, 14. Here's the thing employers nowadays are scrubbing everything they're looking for everything they want to make sure they don't have any controversy they don't want people working for the organization it's going to open up a can of worms do yourself a favor go back through your old timeline and just hit the delete button if you even think it's remotely questionable because best case scenario you don't ever remember it worst case scenario you're bush light kid or you're daryl Morey, and the shit hits the fan
0: Yeah, it's it's way better to be conservative in this, in my opinion, because um, and it's hard. It's hard. I mean, if I was 20, if I was 20 and we had social media, I mean, my friends and I joke about this all the time, like, would we be employed? Like, what would be
1: going yeah, on? Yeah, so I get it. The videos. It. I, get, I get it. It sucks. It does suck. And I, I appreciate that it sucks. But that doesn't change the fact that you I need get to take it. responsibility for it and ensure that you're being smart. Like, hitting send at three in the morning after a night out, nothing good is going to come from that, whether it be a text or a social post.
0: Yeah. Uh, I actually remember true story. We were. Contemplating hiring a full-time ticket salesperson, and um we looked up their social, and the first pictures of are him uh funneling beers, hitting the water bong, and it was
1: like, I can't hire that kid. Like it was the dolphins, the dolphins' right tackle, the guy. From yeah, yeah the, right.
0: The the, uh, the he draft just got traded too. Yeah. Uh, um. But it's like no, because it just shows too. Like you got to be self-aware, and if I'm listening to this, be like, I get it. It's not fun, but it's like, yeah, this is like what
1: people do. And then once you do get the job, and say you're you're in there and you're 22, you're 23. Here's where it gets even harder, right? So you want to be posting or commenting on the games that are happening. But here's the thing. Everything you now send out is representing the organization you work for. Amen. And when you go out to a bar, same thing too. You're just same hanging thing. out. It's like,
0: hey, there's that guy. He works for the uh, Paw Sox or he works for the Red Sox. That You are known for that forever. This is different than working in
1: an, for an insurance company. You, you work for you a community brand. You can't have opinions on who sucks, who's right. good, because if that gets – screenshotted and sent out to the media that someone inside the front office of XYZ is saying so-and-so sucks, or you're leaking stories that you probably know because you're on the inside that you shouldn't be. It's tough when you're 22 or 23, but you have to take your fan hat off. You got to not comment on probably some world issues that you might want to comment on because it represents the organization you work for, whether you like it or not. And you, you're not a public figure, but you're for, you're working for a very, very public organization in sports. Yeah, you're,
0: by, uh, by association, you're a public figure. Uh, like, if no one on your staff, if David Price gave up eight runs in an inning and a third, and someone tweeted, Mm-mm. David Price sucks, Mm-mm. and that gets screenshotted and sent to your boss or sent to Sam Kennedy... Like, do you
1: think that's going to work out well for you? Like, what was the point of doing that? No, that, that's, the, and that's where take a step back. Don't hit send. Remember, you are in that organization. David Price is your coworker. Yeah. You can't, you can't, it's the same, you couldn't go on social media and bash one of your other coworkers in the front office because that would be very, very bad. Um, and it's a hard thing to, to kind of separate the two when you start working and you have to stop being essentially a fan that's public with their sentiment or criticizing what like here, here's a great example the Nike Kaepernick stuff right a lot of people have a lot of opinions on that you might work for an organization specifically in sports that Nike is a huge sponsor for you cannot be at all talking about that on social media because yeah. whether your opinion's right or wrong, if someone doesn't like what you said and you're representing an, an organization saying X, Y, Z about Kaepernick or Nike, that is bad news for you.
0: Totally agree. It doesn't do you any good. And
1: no one cares about your opinion anyway, by the way. <laughs> so like, <laughs> <laughs> so the, the, the reward of you putting this out in the social media sphere, what's actually going to happen that anyone oh, – like, other than lose your job. It could be a very expensive tweet.
0: That could be a very expensive uh, tweet. That's why No one gives a damn anyway. Um, but you know who people are caring about? Us. San Diego State? No, us. You wanna? I got a, um, I got a, a, a note uh, for a guy named Alfonso Gonzalez. Uh, big shout out to Alfonso. Rob, I've been listening to front office features for a month now. Can't get enough podcast is truly a great resource and great insight into the sports industry looking forward to hearing all the content to come chris i That's think we're Alfonso. Doing... Uh, yeah thanks Alfonso. uh i think we're i think we're doing okay so when it comes to opinions our opinions matter damn it well i guess. think everyone's opinion matters but uh
1: it's who and when you're sharing it right so sending you a personal note of v- saying, very thank nice. you very nice Going out... So here's the thing. If you don't like us, that's fine too. But here's a a scenario for you. You go out and you bash us on social media. And you want to work in the industry. And I come across you. And we're interviewing. And you've tweeted that I suck. (laughs) I don't think I'm going to hire you.
0: Probably not. Probably not. And and
1: your 13 followers that you told that we suck probably wasn't really worth it now, was it? Yeah, right. The whole point Uh, is just... Listen, go back, look at your past social media, pictures, tweets, posts, Instagrams, videos. When you start looking to work, go to work, get that stuff off that might be controversial because like Rob just told you, he looked and found someone. He's like, I can't hire this person. Can't do it. And then when you get in the industry, just try and bite your tongue on certain things that you might get in trouble for that you in your mind might think are harmless no one's listening it's just when that one person wants to screw you you're screwed
0: amen um it's been uh i would say it's been an interesting sports week i feel like i was taking a lot of things and uh in trying to plug them into how we would talk about them uh here on front office features and uh i was uh i was so appreciative of kurt uh coming on and then when this whole nba stuff came on it's like jeez oh man Um, it's like, there's just a lot of things I think you can take from the daily interactions, uh, and apply them to your professional careers and saying like, Hey, we got to, um, you know, we got to quote unquote, do
1: better. Yeah. I mean, and and think about this, Daryl Morey is the general manager of the Houston Rockets. He has a very powerful position. If you're the entry level ticket sales person and you tweet that out, and you're doing that type of stuff, and Daryl Moore isn't this much hot water, what do you think is going to happen to you?
0: Yeah, not good. Not good, but you know what is good? Uh, San Diego State Sports NBA program, Um, they all came just from listening to us. They were thinking like, hey, you know what? This is a pretty damn good podcast to listen to uh, and get some good insight on how to further your career. And A great way to further your career is by applying – to San Diego State for their sports MBA program, uh, where their application windows still open. Uh, you don't even have to start the thing until November first, so you got plenty of time. And then classes are going to start in lovely San Diego in January. Oh, so fun! It's not. Fun. Uh, oh, it's gorgeous, and uh, you can find out all the information uh, SDSU.edu/smba. I was checking out their uh, classes and everything. They offer some really cool things. They're like one of the leaders in this sports NBA program, and we are so appreciative. They had the opportunity. They have put through great people like Jack Tipton with the Penguins, and uh, maybe another one-ish who is uh, my mentee with the uh, minor league baseball field program. Uh, a lot of people come through the pipeline, and uh, highly recommend you go on sdsu.edu backslash
1: smba. So, is there a better place to write a term paper than on Coronado? Like, I don't, I don't, I just, I don't think there is.
0: I don't, I, I can't imagine. I would say uh, Springfield, Massachusetts, in February, in an old dormitory.
1: Um, no, I'd have to disagree. Um, <laughs> so I did a winter session at UMass once. Oh my God, that was one of the worst experiences of my life i my literally my gas in my car froze 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 it was that cold in amherst so well you hear that story would you probably would want to go out to san diego in january just gonna throw that out there
0: yeah my suggestion is uh is head to san diego in in february my also suggestion too is go to frontofficefeatures.com uh follow us on our social channels uh, we where like we will interact. not be in
1: trouble. Where we will not get in trouble with our social media. We do not.
0: We will not get in trouble. Uh, I hope I don't get Jack in trouble when I post like our fifth grade picture uh, together. My mom was so proud. She comes down to watch my daughter uh, last weekend. She's like, "Look what I found! Look what I found! Look what I found!" <laughs> and uh, uh, it was—it's a pretty funny picture.
1: But plus, these aren't all, these aren't digital pictures. These are all like picture pictures you're to get. Yeah,
0: my mom had to take a picture of the picture with her iPhone and then she texted to me.
1: Jack will probably be very appreciative when that goes viral within his office.
0: I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait. I'm gonna send we need to, to get the
1: Penguins. Again. We need to get the Penguins official Twitter account to post it that Jack Tipton's on a That's front office right. features podcast and it's on their Twitter. We got to find out who runs the social media for the Pittsburgh Penguins and get this to them.
0: We got to find that out. I we got to so someone has we'll uh, we got to do a little research. Uh, and if anyone's listening, you want to send us. A tweet, or you want to send us a LinkedIn message or DM or whatever? uh, Let us know. We'll uh, let's get let's get this. We gotta get this picture out. We'll do it right around when uh, Jack uh, comes on the show. But uh, it'll be great. I hope he still comes on the show. He might be like, "Hell no, I'm not coming on the show." If you show that picture.
1: Well, yeah, that's always that's
0: always. Well, it's more embarrassing for me too because you'll see. Like, I've got this weird like. I don't know. It looks like Charlie's Angels pose going on. I'm wearing one of the old shark tooth Penn State hats.
1: Um, and like I said, it was in like fifth grade. Speaking of pictures, have we sent out the office rap party picture yet? No, we
0: haven't sent out the uh, office mm, rap party yeah. picture yet yet. Mm-hmm. I should. And me and you want the one with Steve Carell too? Wait, what? Yeah, I have a I have a picture with Steve Carell. Just, just Steve Carell? Just me and Steve, yeah.
1: Oh, you and Steve. Oh, you had a first-name basis.
0: <laughs> we we were. We had a great time. Uh, we met in the clubhouse, and then we went to the after-party together, and we talked. Uh, we talked about his time in Massachusetts, and uh, we had a good time together. Uh, and now he comes over for Thanksgiving. Oh, that's interesting. I, I, don't, I don't doubt that. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Uh, anyway. Um, we should have a, a good week, too, so um, – and uh, – Big weekend coming up and uh big week ahead and we got our another interview coming up on Tuesday
1: and um we'll we'll keep at it. So yeah, no, I think this was definitely been you know, did I don't even watch this anymore. Did you speaking of the NBA stuff, did you see that South Park? No. Uh, literally the week before their episode essentially predicted exactly what happened. Really? It was China and NBA players and James Harden. It was crazy. It was like, I don't watch South Park anymore, but everybody has been telling me, have you seen this? And I was like, no, no. And then um, some pe- couple of people sent it to me. Adam and Lyle, thank you. Uh, and uh, it's like eerily like they knew what was about to happen. It's, it's bizarre.
0: That's crazy. I'm gonna have to check it out. Just like I did say, I was gonna have to check out the office. I still yeah, you're have lying. Episode of the you're full of shit is what you I, are. I I, re- I, I really, I really am. I really. Am. I'm just not gonna do it. <sighs> and now it's like I. It's a pride thing. Like I'm not gonna do it.
1: And I. I the, the, the irony is I'm gonna go watch probably three episodes after we get done recording this. So, I'll make no, up there, for it.
0: There you go. You watch for me. All right, bud. I'll uh, talk to
1: you later. Later. Yeah.